Hello and welcome to the Fossil Huntress podcast. I hope you guys are all doing well. We've had some questions around the geologic time scale and mass extinction events and index fossils and how it all fits together. So I thought today in this episode we'd knit some of those concepts together under sort of the value and meaning of fossils and how we know what we know. I also wanted to provide a recommendation for a book. Sometimes when we learn, uh, we can learn through a textbook and just read the knowledge, but a story is a very good thing. So I wanted to recommend Simon Winchester's book, The Map That Changed the World. And it talks about William Smith, who was a um, orphaned son of an English country blacksmith. And it talks about his journey that goes, well, more than 20 years of uncovering the geology and paleo history of England and piecing together and publishing a map. So we're going to talk about all those things in today's episode. Long before we knew how to use radioactive elements to date the age of rock, we used fossils and simple observation. And this goes, we credit many people with this, but it goes back a long, long way. Back in AD 1200, Chu Zi in China, in Yunnan, who was a, an amazing scholar and did a ton of work on Confucius and, and uh, scholarly thinking of the day, he observed and wrote, in the high mountains I have seen shells. They are sometimes embedded in rock. The rocks must have been earthy materials in days of old and the shells must have lived in water. The low places are now raised high and the soft material has turned to stone. So many scholars over time have noticed fossils embedded in the rock and we find them in um, the medicine bags of shaman and we find them in Neolithic sites. So we've noticed and observed and have had thoughts about fossils for a long, long time. And at some point we recognized that the levels of the rock where we find the fossils tell us the relative age. When we look in the fossil record, we find species of different types of fossils embedded deep in the rock. And we see them irradiate out in different forms and then perhaps go extinct. And then we don't see them in the younger or higher sequences. So we know the relative age of that sequence and of those species, perhaps of ammonites or um, conodonts or some kind of useful index fossil. And their usefulness in determining the relative age um, is widespread. So we can use it to date. We talked about the Triassic in North America and in Europe. So when we look at Triassic ammonoids and that ammonoid fauna, were able to correlate across the globe. So William Smith was looking at the relative age just within England, but this is very useful when we're dating rock around the world and trying to tease together the pattern of plate tectonics. So when the world moved and shifted, came together, so places like Gondwanda and Pangaea, as continents pulled together and then pulled apart, it helps us tease out that story. And part of what it's revealed to us is that our oceans and our land masses have changed over time 
And all of that knowledge comes down to the fossils. So it was the fossils that gave us our first clue. Fossils found high in the mountains that were you know, marine or terrestrial that we knew were laid down far from where they are today. So maybe in the seabed of an ancient ocean. And now we see it high up in the Rockies at the Burgess Shale. So it gave us a clue as to the tremendous amount of shifting of the rocks. And so the first things we noticed were what fossils we found where. So shells in the mountaintop told us uh, one story. And then as we looked at individual successions of rock, we began to notice older was deeper and younger was higher. And that's termed the law of uh, superposition. So it helped us recognize which strata was younger or older. And it was around the time of the 1800s that we really began to come into our own in terms of geology. And that fellow I mentioned earlier, William Smith, was a big part of that. So he was a surveyor, an engineer, started off as an orphan. And he was looking, he was surveying the route from Somerset in the Somerset Coal Canal near Bath, England. And he began noticing different sequences, some by their color and some by the fossils they contain and the texture of the rock. And he began mapping out that first map of England. And it was kind of an aha moment to be able to see the rock sequences over time. And he walked all of England. So he did, you know, some of it, uh, he traveled around by various means, but it was through the walking through the fields and hills and simply observing that he began to notice and record how groups of fossils succeeded one another in that vertical, that up and down sequence of strata. And when he was uh, sort of sure enough in his thinking, he began to put the pieces together and reflect on the principle of faunal and flora successions, which gives us insight into how England came to be and by extrapolation, how other countries came to be. So the earth that we're walking upon today looked very different and was laid down um, somewhere else entirely in the world. In 1815, William Smith published that pivotal work. So it was his field notes from studying rock outcrops and fossils across England, as well as a beautifully hand-painted map. The map was more than eight feet tall and six feet wide and truly was the world's first geologic map. And it's because of that work that he became known as the father of modern geology. I won't tell you um, other pieces of the tale because when you read the book, there's other things in there to be discovered. But it was those early works and those first observations that helped us to understand the world that we live in today and how it evolved and how it came to be in its present location. And while we have the perception that it's terra firma and nothing else is moving about, um, that's not strictly true. The earth continues to shift and the plates push under and over and thrust up and continue to build mountains. Um, we see it sometimes as volcanic activity as the earth is shifting and groaning and magma from the from the deeper layers comes up to our surface layer so it's still a dynamic story that we're piecing together
the world's coal and oil industry, our highways, our gold mining, our railway routes, all owe a respectful nod of thanks to William's work on that first geologic map, because it was through that knowledge that those areas of exploration and building were able to be successful. So I'll definitely put a link to the book. Uh, Simon Winchester also wrote another great book called The Professor and the Madman. It's not paleo, it's about the writing of the English Oxford Dictionary, but it's also very compelling as a read. So um, I hope you find his work and, um, and give it a look-see. And I'll leave it there for today and I hope you guys are all doing super well and I'll talk to you very soon. Take care.